0: This is the Huddle Up Podcast with J.P. Shadrick, Bucky
1: Brooks, and John Osher. Welcome
2: to the
1: new era. The Huddle Up Podcast starts right now. Welcome into the Huddle Up Podcast. Today is Wednesday, April 28th. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osher. Plenty to get to. Shad Khan talks. The franchise is front and center with the number one overall pick in tomorrow's first round of the NFL draft. Trevor Lawrence is cashing in already. Or cryptoing in one or the other or both. In fact, final draft prep in Cleveland and a couple of social media topics today. Uh, Bucky, here we go. It, it's finally one day away. We keep saying this every time out. It's finally two weeks away. It's finally a week away. It's finally five. To, it's tomorrow.
2: Yeah, most important draft in Jaguars history outside of the first expansion draft. Like this is it. Um, this is a chance to completely reset and remake the franchise everyone will focus on the number one pick and that's presumably going to be Trevor Lawrence, but really it's the other picks and what Trent Baalke and Urban Meyer elect to do as they look, man, completely rebuild this franchise. I'm really excited. I don't know what's going to happen, but I can't wait to see what the new and improved Jaguars look like.
0: I think the storyline as we've built up to this, built up to this, built up to this now, we're what? 32 hours away, whatever it is. It feels to me like the storyline that's developing for the Jaguars. The big thing you don't know, do they believe obviously Lawrence is there and he's going to be the story, but the franchise building story if you will or the or the bones of it is do they feel like they need to use those other nine picks to add a bunch of players to this or do they feel like hey, we need to use and get up and maximize those other four and when I say four, I mean, they have five in the top 65. Do they want to use some of their capital, maybe even next year's capital, and try to improve those? Are they just going to emphasize those five? Or is this a big picture? Are they going to have six picks or 10? You know, are they have six really cool toys or a bunch of toys under the tree, so to speak? And I don't really know the answer to that. I think it's going be fascinating.
2: That is funny because, J.O., I think, I think you bring up something that we talked about on the last pod where... How does Urban Meyer like, view the team-building process? Would he rather have a few marquee items or does he want to go shop at the bargain basement bin? I think my contention was, hey, being at Florida and Ohio State, he ain't doing a whole lot of bargain shopping. <laughs> he's, he's used to getting those expensive suits off the rack and making sure that they're tailored and customized to what he wants. And with Balky's history, as I think you tweeted out, JP, yeah, Trent doesn't really sit and wait for guys to come to him. They're going to go and get players. I believe we're going to see a very aggressive team-building approach from the Jaguars over draft weekend.
1: I went through the uh, the San Francisco 49ers history with Balky there in control of those drafts he was in, in control of. 22 trades during the draft days themselves. That doesn't include the days leading up to the drafts. There were a couple others of, of those two. 22 alone in seven years. The Jags as an organization – ever have had 33 of those so seven years of work we'll see if if that works out and we heard urban meyer last week of course trying to learn the meaning of value in the nfl and the balance of that the next uh, three days will be fascinating of course subscribe to the official jaguars podcast network on apple itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you probably already are if you're listening to this of course but tell somebody else and give us five stars and a comment well the franchise is front and center this week and an, you know, I I guess personally, I I saw it coming, you know, the, the headlines and the reporters around and NFL networks here and all these folks are going to be coming in on Thursday to cover this thing, but now it's here. It's like, okay, this is – it's huge. I mean, this is playoff-level almost type coverage around here because it's the number one pick. And Shad Khan's out in the media now. He's doing New York Times. He's doing – Monday morning quarterback. He's doing John Osher and, and Beat Writers and everything. Johnny O, you got him earlier this week. And explaining his history with Urban and his excitement for the pick and the organization moving ahead. And it just feels like it's finally come due. There's been a lot of work behind the scenes to get to this point, a lot of bad football to get to this point, too. All of that combined, John, it feels like Mr. is just ready to get this thing going.
0: They're not our little Jaguars anymore, JP. <laughs> they belong to the world. <laughs> it's time, it's time to let the little birdie fly. There's certainly an element of that. And it's certainly cool. And uh there's this double story that is great for the media coming in. You've got the Trevor Lawrence story. So if you're if it's in the old days where you're going to your to your editors trying to pitch the story, hey, I need to go here to do this story. Well, what else can you get? Well, I can get you an Urban Meyer story too. So there's this double story, uh, more meat on the bone, if you will. I think we talked about it on this podcast. It's an incredible thing. It's certainly merited. And I think what people are going to start to grasp here, the storyline this weekend, when Trevor Lawrence gets here, you're going to have a guy who never lost a regular season college football game, coupled with a coach who just about never lost one. It might be the winningest combination ever to start out. I think Bucky had made this point a couple of weeks ago how that will A, change the mood of the building, change the course of the building, and how they'll react to that once this thing gets rolling and how it'll really play out, Bucky.
2: Yeah, you no, know, I, I, I think it, it is the perfect mix because the two most important people in the organization, outside of the owner and maybe the president, will be the head coach and the quarterback the franchise quarterback so as we assume that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy with coach Meyer you have like personalities and the thing about the quarterback is the quarterback is the extension of the coach on the field and when you hear the things that coach Meyer talks about in terms of competitiveness and the culture and effort and toughness and all of those things and winning and then you see what Trevor Lawrence embodies man it's really a perfect marriage Because in Trevor Lawrence, what we're talking about, not someone that just won in college, he won in high school. And there's a saying, winners win. And when you want to change the franchise, you have to collect enough winners in the locker room that winning becomes the expectation. So I not only expect Trevor Lawrence to be the number one overall pick, I would think that the majority of the players that we see coming in in the draft are guys that come from winning programs that understand how to win. So the sale from Coach Meyer when he's in the front of the room, it isn't a difficult one. It's the same message that these guys have heard for most of their high school and collegiate careers.
1: We heard a lot of that stuff, Bucky, on the Trevor Lawrence 360 on the Move the Six podcast you and uh, Daniel Jeremiah put together over the, the last really months. I mean, working on that for a long time. But that was the theme. He's always been the top guy wherever he's been, and everybody that was on that podcast really supported uh, that theory there and, and it's not theory it's reality he has been a winner and hopefully that will continue moving ahead but uh, john uh, it's safe to say Shad khan is i don't want to uh, now basking in the glow is probably the wrong terminology <laughs> here but this is a this is a big deal for the organization and for mr khan as an owner
0: well look uh owning an nfl team is supposed to be more fun than it's been for him in the last 10 years right yep. and i'm not it, i'm not minimizing I know fans will hear that and say well it's It's his responsibility, whatever. Shad gets that. Shad gets that The buck stops with him. It's also supposed to be more fun. And I think it's okay for him to have fun with this. I think they're all having a little bit of fun right now, not publicly saying who the pick is, you know, because everybody sort of gets it, but he's basking in the glow. But I I don't want to misrepresent the basking in the glow part of the conversation I had with him early Tuesday, along with four or five other beat writers. It's basking in the globe, but it's very much mixed in with the reality of, look, just getting the number one pick doesn't guarantee anything. He made the point at the start of the conference call. You know, two or three years ago, everybody was picking the Jaguars to go to the Super Bowl. I could beat the Patriots in, in September 2018. He understands that hype, whether it be by the draft, whether it be, that doesn't matter anymore. He, he's in his 10th year owning it. He gets a lot of, he's not a rookie at this anymore he also grasps what an unbelievable moment this is. And I go back, I didn't cover the Colts in 98 when they started with Peyton Manning, Gopoli, and Jim Moore. But there was a restart where they brought in Peyton Manning, they brought in uh, Tom Moore, the offensive coordinator, they brought in a new coach, new president, and they had the number one pick, and they had a generational number one pick. Those situations don't happen very often because the generational guy doesn't come along very often. Jaguars also happen to have compiled that with a generational college coach, almost a generational amount of cap space. I'm i overplaying the analogy oh, here, that's big. but this is really unusual. And Shad gets, you know, he hasn't said this, but I think he's well aware. This is the only chance like this he's going to get as an NFL owner in his life. So he's very much aware of the moment, but yet also understands the perspective of the moment.
2: Yeah, and I, th- I think that that is really, really key because what happens is, as more eyes are drawn to Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence and with coach Meyer, because let's be honest, a lot of people are fascinated by how is the college coach going to make his way in the league? The organization will feel the pressure to step up and kind of raise the bar. And so as coach Meyer is pushing internally, Hey, we got to raise the standard. We need to have the best, this, the best, that there are a lot of people that are looking to see, will this be the same old Jags or is this really a new era? And so it's an exciting time. And so if, Shotcom really wants to elevate the franchise, man, it is all about being in last step with the head coach, the general manager and the expectations that now would accompany the Jaguars when they show up.
0: I said yes. a couple of interesting things, JP, that I don't want to overlook in this podcast. Yeah. He went out of his way and you've interviewed shot a lot. So you sort of get how he works in an interview. He doesn't lie. You know, you know, and he doesn't volunteer things when he speaks. It's, it's pretty transparent. He went out of his way to say that Balky and Meyer didn't start out this process locked in on one quarterback. You know, now, people can scoff at that. Well, it was obviously going to be Trevor Lawrence, which I believe it was always going to end up being Trevor Lawrence. But he went out of his way to say they the due diligence, the make sure whatever was absolutely done. He also said he's been on a couple of Zoom calls with quarterbacks, meaning shot has, and was very specific about he understands the importance of the quarterback position. Uh, he said, I was on the phone call. I was on the calls with the usual suspects. But he also said he was involved with those because he's learned over 10 years. That's the position you can't screw up. And it it sort of speaks to the bigness of this moment. I think a pretty couple of obvious things, but not stuff that I had heard shot talk about yet.
1: Good stuff there. Check out the articles on Jaguars.com with Jaguars owner Shad Khan ahead of the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, of course, on Thursday night is the Travel Camp Duval Draft 21. And as we record this podcast, I'm looking out over TIAA Bank Field from the press box. And they've got the stage set up on about the 10 yard line to my left. And then socially distant boxes on the field, which will be open. And then the seats around the seating bowl in the uh, south end zone and uh, both sides of the stadium in the lower bowl will be open. So expecting over 6,000 uh, here on tomorrow night for the opening round. And it should be uh, a fun show throughout. Ashland Sullivan will lead the way on the stage. Some player guests, Urban Meyer scheduled to make an appearance out on the stage as well. So, uh, well, tickets are sold out, so you can't register anywhere. But if you're coming, <laughs> congratulations. It's going to be a fun one tomorrow night here at the bank. And how many of these do you get, JP? How many? What? Hey, you
0: going to the draft party? Yeah, right. Yes, a lot of them. When you're out, oh, yeah. it, 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 like, no, Let I'm not there. going to the draft party. <laughs> I've got to work the draft party. So it, it, I've gotten more of those in the last two weeks. Hey, will I see you at the draft party? Well, you'll see, but I'm not going to be throwing back butt heavies. I mean, it, it's uh, <laughs> right. it, I'll be working it. So yeah, sure no, nobody,
1: nobody ever asks you, hey, you going to Saturday to cover those. Well, yeah, right. we'll be there all day Saturday, too. Are hey, you going to be there when they left. pick
0: the <laughs> seventh rounder from Utah and you got to grind out that story, Ozone? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> That's what
2: it's about, Bucky. That's right. That's right, John. That's why right. we got to have all those picks so you can stay around. So you can stay around and finish it up. Do some I'm those a bitter deep, man. Those deep, those
1: deep dives. John is a bitter man. He said it himself. Uh, Trevor Lawrence most likely could be the number one overall pick. He's already making money though, apparently, you know, there's some uh, pundits and folks outside the marketplace fans on Twitter and all this of other teams. Oh, he's going to go to you Jacksonville. I'm not going to do that. I'll let you do that. Say he's going to Jacksonville. He won't get the big endorsement deal that he would have got in New York or any of these other big market teams and all that. Well, he has signed with Adidas, okay. He is signed mm-hmm. with Gatorade, the first quarterback to do so, I think, since Cam Newton back in a, a while ago. Bose headphones. And then a crypto investment app, Blockfolio, is paying him in cryptocurrency, apparently, according to a story. Uh, and the list is, I think, only just beginning. So, you know, maybe in 95 or 1970, that was a real thing. Marketplace, you know, there wasn't a big national. There was no internet, you know, a lot of those days. Well, now you can follow Lawrence and the Jaguars from literally anywhere in the world in the modern digital era. So endorsement deals will come if you're marketable. It doesn't really matter where you are, Bucky, it feels
2: like to me. No, it doesn't matter where you are. It also doesn't matter when you come from uh, a place where you bring people with you, meaning he's been on a big platform. He was a guy that was held and celebrated as QB1 since high school. He goes and wins a national title at Clemson. So he's a brand name by himself and so he brings that and so as he gets more recognition it'll bring more recognition to the jaguar so i think this is really a great thing but i'm sitting here looking at that mural that they have defeat the noise the noise rule the quiet have you seen that with trevor all Buffed out. I wonder if his brother did the artistry on that, but it's not. I mean, it's a nice little thing. He had that Cartersville. To,
1: That's in Cartersville, right?
2: It, it might be on the corner of Cartersville, like the hometown. Yeah. Maybe. Let's shout out for him.
1: Those bold headphones.
2: I might have to, might have to holler at him and say, hey, Trevor, <laughs> can you go give me over some, some headphones? You know, some different.
0: Anybody like who that. thought this kid wasn't going to be marketable because he came to Jacksonville are idiots. They have no idea what the league's about, they have no idea what social media is about. And they had no idea what this kid was about. He's as marketable and a lot of it's because of the hair. You know, I mean, people love it. (laughs) People love the personality. He's recognizable, brandable. If you really thought that Gatorade was going to say, you know, we'd like you better if if you were in New York. Again, JP, you alluded to it. It's not like 1965 where the guys were walking out of their office on Madison Avenue and going, hmm, okay, we got to get somebody local in here, you know. Twitter has completely changed it. Facebook's completely changed it, all that. He was obviously going to be marketable. Now, if he had been a lesser type player, perhaps that kind of thing might have something to do with it. If he's talking about getting local endorsements, then of course New York's got more money than Jacksonville. But if you're talking national, the number one overall pick with this kind of image was always going to be able to get endorsements
1: way it works, quarterback, playing well, marketable, everything on and off the field, and uh, here we go. He's off and running, making that cash and crypto already. And those who place deposits for new season tickets, well, the seat selection process is now underway. Check your email, visit jaguars.com, or call 904-633-2000. They're a team of representatives ready to help you get back in the bank in 2021. Also, you might get a phone call from... One of the three people on this podcast and the guy that's talking right now. There was a a call that went out earlier this week to uh, get you to look out for that email, the phone call, and all the rest. So we hope to see you here very soon. Now, of course, the draft is in Cleveland, Ohio this year. On the banks of Lake Erie, right by the football stadium and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But not a huge contingent of players attending this year. 13, I believe, Bucky, in person this year. You know, in the past, obviously, it's been thirty to to forty, depending on who wants to go. That's the post COVID kind of kind of deal right now. But thirteen in person, a bunch of other guys online, it sounds like.
2: You know, look it's it's, it's funny because like to have everything in person, we heard all the, the stuff about the commissioner being able to either fist bump, hug or whatever it is that he likes to do <laughs> with the prospects once they hear the name call, and they walk across the stage. Like that stuff is cool having reporters and people on the ground and having a little bit of energy in the stadium will be exciting and so i'm excited that some of these kids will get an opportunity to kind of live out their dreams as they saw as they saw it as they envisioned it I, I think it's a really cool deal and i think even though the i guess the old guy on the lawn in me is like oh my god can we get through the weekend and just kind of have to be done sometimes we, we do need to pause and think like hey this is pretty cool that guys will hear their names called and even those guys that don't hear their names called the time for agent contracts they'll have a chance to do things that they've always dreamed about
1: some of the good moments. I mean, I you know, what year were you drafted, Bucky? Remind me again, 96? 94. 94. 94.
2: So 94, would you have second, ever,
1: like, bro-hugged Tagliabue? Was that Would that ever have been – I know you probably weren't at the draft, but, you know. I,
2: would, I mean, I would have been really – I was really excited. I would have been really excited. I would have jumped in his <laughs> arms if he wanted me to. Like, everything. The main thing, I just would have wanted the hat and, and all that. Can I get the hat and the complimentary jersey um, to kind of have the picture with? Um, it's a very stressful time. Like it's a very stressful day. It's a stressful day because back then, God, I think you did the first three rounds on the first day and rounds four through seven, the second day. And so the 48th pick, JP, I want to say the draft started at three, three thirty. 30. I didn't get a phone call to after 10, man. By that time I was, I was, I was wallowing in my sorrows about sliding down the pole <laughs> and all this other stuff. And, Am I ever going to get big? Will anybody ever like me? All of that. So (laughs) it's a a stressful
0: day, man. It's a stressful day for everybody. Wow. And JP, I think I've sat in enough of those because I was was with the newspaper. They would assign like a local guy, you know, you go and sit at their house, sort of wait for them with them. I've sat through some experiences where, you know, there was one year I went, I won't name the player, but I went, and they didn't get picked in, on the first day. I had to go back the next day. And you know, you're sitting there, and, the, and uh, the sandwiches are just about gone, the potato salad's getting uh, moldy <laughs> on the end. And it's, you know, it's, uh, it does make you appreciate, as a journalist, as a fan, I'd always watch the draft. And as a fan, you're watching 270 guys, or whatever the number is that gets drafted. And you think of it as this broad picture. When you're sitting there with a the kid who pick after pick after pick, he's not there. You realize that for that kid, there's only one story and it's a tough story when that happens and they start going down, you know, it's a, it's a tough living, situation to be around
2: living and dying. And what I tell these guys, cause guys get mad about me about mock drafts or whatever. And I say, Hey man, don't hate me. I, I understand it, but look, this is a soap opera with real characters. And so the mock draft is a soap opera that we kind of use to have storylines. Unfortunately, you guys are real characters. And on draft day, all of that stuff that you've heard for the month leading up to it, you've tended to believe. But some of that stuff, I hate to tell you, is either clickbait or narratives that we like to generate so we can have talking points. And so you have to kind of ignore the noise. So I do feel bad for some of the players that would be affected by those things that don't come to fruition. But at the end of the day, if you have an opportunity to go to the league, you should be able to celebrate
1: it. This is the Huddle Up podcast. J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, Bucky Brooks. And uh, one final note on the draft in Cleveland round two, the legends, NFL legends from each team will announce the pick this year. Kevin Hardy will announce the Jaguars draft selection in the second round or selections. There are two of them, uh, at least for now. Oh, the K 90, hard. 96 first round pick, of course, second overall out of Illinois, a linebacker with the Jags, 96 to 01, 99 first team, all pro and Bucky, your teammate.
2: Yeah. K hard, man. Look at K hard get to now some picks. I can't wait to see what he looks like and see if K hard still been working out, see if he's still in shape or if he's, uh, kind of become a legend beyond oh, being one in his own mind.
1: He's pretty good shape. He's pretty, he does, he does some stuff tight. for the Jags. Yeah, he's, he, he gets oh, around he good? Yeah, he gets right, around. That's my guy. He's all right. That's my guy,
2: K-Hart. K-Hart and Tony Brack. because I never get those guys.
1: One and two. Uh, Daily's play schedule, by the way. Uh, May 5th, AEW Dynamite Blood and Guts, the name of the show. That's on May 5th. Oh. That's right, Bucky. Tedeschi Trucks Fireside Live, it's uh, pieces of the uh Tedeschi Trucks Band, June 11th, June 12th, Brad Paisley, July 8th, the Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald, July 21st. Tickets available now at dailiesplace.com. Let's get to social media today. And normally we have a, a lot of days we'll have a bunch of questions. We got one today. But the story on social media today, at least from this trio on this podcast, Bucky Brooks Stir it up the Baltimore Ravens ant bed today and did I and poking that fan base with a stick a couple of times, because apparently you go on a show earlier this week and say, (laughs) you know what they should get Justin Fields and let Lamar Jackson, the 2019 MVP graduate and move on. So they don't have to pay him a big contract. And Pro Football Talk put it out there, put a long story about it. I saw Bamani Jones ripping you to pieces, all these people on social media today. You know, so but that's what a do good you ha-
0: theory. I want to hear Buck's theory. That's yeah, what do you have theory? to say like for it.
1: yourself, Bucky?
2: Okay. So one, I think what people have to understand, I use Lamar Jackson as something that I believe some teams will begin to do. Much like we have money ball and baseball having an impact on the way teams go, baseball teams. In football, you can play money ball if you think about the quarterback, not as the franchise quarterback that we celebrate, but, hey, he's a commodity. And if you don't have one of those top five quarterbacks, the guy that we celebrate like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes, then you have to seriously consider how much are we willing to pay for a guy who isn't great. Let's bring this back home to Jacksonville. Blake Bortles. What did we feel about Blake Bortles when Blake Bortles was nearing the end of his deal? You pick up the fifth-year option, which is fine. But are you really willing to pay him what the market rate is for quarterback, even though you know he's not that guy? So what I propose is let's take a collegiate look. Let's use the collegiate model where you bring the quarterback in. You have the quarterback under your control for at least five years with a fifth-year option, maybe seven years with the ability to use a franchise tag. If you're the Baltimore Ravens and you have Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson wants to command maybe $40 million-plus dollars Do you really want to pay that for maybe a guy who's a runaround quarterback? If you don't want to pay that, then the best thing to do would be, how can I grab the next quarterback that can do similar stuff? The athletic quarterback. JP, you know from calling games in college. It's a lot easier to find those guys that can run around and make plays than the traditional statuesque quarterback. And so if college is supplying that, why not take that approach? Hey, every four or five years, we'll do like Alabama or Clemson. Hey, one five-star comes in, another five-star goes out. And we continue to keep the system because when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, it allows you to build up the rest of the team. So now I can have the best offensive line, the best playmaker, the best defense, and I only need that guy to function in a role. And so that's what I was suggesting based off of Eric Dacosta's comment saying, hey, it gets a little tight. If we have to pay him, I don't know. This and that changes the dynamic. Hey, don't hate me. Hate your general manager. Because your general manager suggested it. I just took the baton and ran with it it's across the finish line. People mad at I me. I seem
0: to recall, Bucky. I don't know that the Ravens said it at the time, but there was an acknowledgement among football people that that might have been what the Ravens were doing initially with Lamar Jackson. And yeah. it may have been you. may have been a commentator. I thought it was somebody from the Ravens sort of talking about it. I may be wrong about that. But that was my understanding of what they were doing when they brought Lamar Jackson in you know, put him in place of Flacco in the first place. So I I think your theory has a lot of merit. Now, as you know, the trouble with that is it's great in theory. Can you pull it off when you've got a guy who's won an MVP in there? Or is there such, you know, if any organization could do it, it would be an organization like the Ravens, the Steelers, you know, one of those organizations where the management and the philosophy of those organizations is so in place that, they're sort of impervious sometimes to outside criticism because that'd be a mood that would get ripped. But those kind of organizations can sort of withstand that because they've been doing it their way for so long. They have a belief in what they are. I don't know the Ravens will do it, but I certainly get Bucky's point. But
2: here's the other thing, too. Like, what it does is if you operate like that, then you say, look, Lamar, we want to make sure we pay you. We recognize that you're one of the top talents, but the teams that are winning Super Bowls aren't the ones with the quarterbacks at the top of the food chain. Even though we talk about Pat Mahomes' big deal, Pat Mahomes this year on the cap counts $7 million. So when you wonder how they can go and bring over Orlando Brown or they can bring over some of the other guys that they signed, Joe Tooney and those things, it's because those guys have been able to make sacrifices. And so as you're building the team, if you put too much of the pie, too big of a piece of the pie goes to the quarterback, it makes it hard to build out the rest of the pie.
1: All right, that's one theory on social media uh, earlier this week. Let's get to the question today from Matt Denton-Thomas. Hey, guys, since Urban said he wants immediate value from the first three rounds, what positions do you see at 25, 33, 45, 65? And, John, you've kind of been all over this the last couple of weeks that they need to get certain things done, but they only have five picks in the first couple days to do that.
0: They want value, and I don't think Urban was necessarily saying we have to have guys who are going to come in and start right now. And, and when I say that, I mean, if there's an offensive lineman there that makes sense, I don't know that player is going to come in and start right away. So I do think there will be – at that position, I would be surprised if they don't try to get something in those top five picks for the future because of the contract situations with Can, Norwell, Linder – I'm sorry, not Linder, uh, Cam Robinson. So – but overall – you know, to answer the the, uh, you know, the question, I think I've been saying all along, I think they're going to draft two playmaking speed guys in the first 65. Maybe that kicks back to include that 106 pick, whatever that number is, the top of the fourth. I think somewhere in that top six, they are trying to get more explosive on offense and add dynamic. Urban and Balky have both talked about it too much to make me think that they're going to ignore that in the draft. And on top of that, you know, safety still makes sense. And I'll defer to Brian Sexton on this. He started talking about playmaking big-time linebacker a couple weeks ago. You know, uh, Bucky and I have talked about it a little bit. I thought a month ago when I first talked to Bucky about the draft, no way this team would go linebacker. With where a couple of these big-time linebackers might fall, if a big-time guy is there at 25, I wonder if they won't take
2: him. Yeah, no, it's funny that you say that because there's been – buzz and conversation about the Jaguars taking a linebacker at 25 and up in the ante when it comes to the speed thing. Jamin Davis from Kentucky has been bandied about. Uh, Jeremiah owusu moore from Notre Dame has been thrown in there because he has some of that hybrid playmaking ability as a linebacker slash safety. Um, when you think about Urban Meyer and the defenses that he had at Ohio State, the one thing that stood out, man, they played fast. And as you think about what Joe Cullen has done and been around in Baltimore, it's about the speed and the explosiveness. And so I could see the Jaguars going linebacker there. I also could see them taking uh, a defensive tackle at that spot. I know we've mocked a safety there for so long that you kind of get used to it. But really, if you want to be a dominant defense, you have to be strong down the middle and you want to be strong in the front seven for sure.
1: All right, there you have it. Social media questions are in. Thank you for the submission this week. Bucky, you've got Fox Sports Radio tomorrow night for the first round.
2: Yeah, Fox Sports Radio. So it should be exciting. Uh, get a chance to be on the call. Kevin Burkhart, Jay Glazer, uh, Lavar Arrington, just out here just spitballing, seeing what's happening. It should be a lot Dropping of
0: Dropping names me, again.
2: Wow. I love it. Wow. I just want everyone to know. I mean, you talk about Peter King. I feel like I got to throw my big joker out every now and then,
1: too. <laughs> I love it. That's tomorrow night, and you'll be with us a good bit on Friday and Saturday as well, Bucky. We'll look forward to that. Johnny O, we've got coverage. Boy, the next three days are going to be really hot and heavy. It's our big three days, really, of our sure. entire off season. We build up to this thing from the end of the season until tomorrow night through Saturday.
0: Yeah, and there's so much, J.P. I couldn't even uh, push one thing. I know Bucky and I will be providing you some next-day type coverage, next-day thoughts. I'm looking forward to that. We've never done that before. All draft, all the time for 72 hours. Let's go do it. Let's
1: do it. It's here. Bucky, we'll talk to you soon. Should be fun, man. Looking forward to seeing the new and improved Jag. No, I think we all are, John. We'll see you sooner. And remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars podcast network, Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you download your pods and give us that five-star treatment as always. And we'll catch you next time on the Huddle Up podcast.